I'm asking the question this morning, ladies and gentlemen, how important is your spiritual growth? Spiritual growth is the theme of these two verses. Let's read what the scripture says in 2 Peter 3, 17 and 18. Ye therefore, beloved, are special ones, are loved ones, beloved ones, seeing ye know these things before, beware, in other words, be alert, be on guard, lest you also, being led away with the error of the wicked, Fall from your own steadfastness, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Here in these two verses, we have a clear warning. That's in verse 17, where he says, Beware, lest ye being led away with the error of the wicked fall from your own steadfastness. So he gives us a warning. By the way, all of us are susceptible to that warning. All of us need to pay attention and heed that warning. So there's a warning, but there's also a personal benediction. He's closing the book out, but he wants to leave them with one main message in their minds as he signs off. And that's verse 18. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So he gives a clear warning in verse 17. A personal benediction and command and injunction, if you will, in verse 18. And then he gives a powerful doxology where he closes out and says, To him be glory both now and forevermore. To Jesus be glory. And by the way, isn't that the theme of every Christian's life? The glory of God. Whether therefore ye eat, drink, or whatsoever ye do, Paul said, do all to the glory of God. Everything is to be about the glory of God. And then he signs off, amen, or literally, let it be so, let it be true. But I want you to focus this morning on that command. On this personal benediction here, this piece of advice that he gives in verse 18. But grow. The word grow is an interesting word. We have a concept and understanding in our minds of what we think it means to grow. It literally means to increase, to become greater, to bring to growth, one writer said. One said it means to bring to maturity, to be maturing, to grow, to increase. And God commands that every single one of us make progress and growth. So I want to give you a couple of thoughts this morning from the text. I want you to, if you would, leave your Bible open. Let's notice what God has to say. Truth number one, spiritual growth is personal. Spiritual growth is personal. Verse 18, but grow in grace. Now, there's a word that is understood in verse 18. It's also explicitly given in verse 17. It's in our translation, ye... Uh, or you, it's the understood you in verse 18. Peter Davids says that in verse 17 and 18, there's an emphatic you in the Greek language as it relates to this section. In other words, as you're reading this in the original, the you stands out 
the emphasis on the individual person and the responsibility that God gives to each of us as individuals to do this, gang, to take ownership of your own spiritual growth. And you and I today must take ownership of our own spiritual growth. In other words, when it comes to spiritual growth, nobody can make you grow. And nobody can keep you from growing if you really want to grow. But it's something that you, you and I, have to take ownership of. My question to you is this morning, have you taken ownership of your spiritual growth? I do believe it's true. You are as good a Christian and as strong a Christian right now as you want to be. Does that make sense to you? And God in his wonderful wisdom and grace puts the keys of spiritual growth in your hands. If you want to grow, you can. But if you don't care about growth, then you're not going to grow. Nobody grows as a Christian by accident. It's got to be personal. It's something you have to take ownership of. So I want to ask you to do something for me. Everybody this morning, in spite of your age, in spite of how long you've been a Christian, do this for me right now. Where are you? Where are you? On a scale of 1 to 10, on a scale of 1 to 10, where are you in your spiritual growth? Start from one, go all the way. Where are you at today? Compare it with a year ago. Where were you on that scale a year, 12 months ago? Where are you this morning? What kind of progress have you made as a Christian growing in the Lord? You must take ownership of your own spiritual growth. Here's what we do. We take ownership of other areas of personal growth. We make sure our children take ownership of certain areas of their life. We take ownership. I'm not going to ask by raising of hand, and I am not throwing any negative on this at all. I think it's great. I think it's positive. But several of you in this room, you, since the new year, you've made it a point to exercise more. And you've built it into your schedule. That's a great thing. You've taken ownership of that. Some of you in recent days, recent weeks or months, have taken ownership of your own finances. Right? You've evaluated where you are and what, what condition your financial state is in. And you've decided, you know what? I'm going to take charge of this. I'm going to take ownership of this. There's nobody that will bail me out, no one to blame, no one to fall all back on. Uh, if, if this isn't right, so I'm going to take ownership of my personal finances. Now, gang, that all makes sense to us. But sometimes we have a hard time, for whatever reason, doing that with our own spiritual journey. I think maybe sometimes it's because we like to find a scapegoat. We like to find somebody to point our finger at and say, well, Christian, the reason I'm not where I 
maybe should be with the Lord and the reason there haven't been uh, periods of growth sustained in my life recently is because of this situation or because of this person or because of these circumstances right here. Well, that's why. And I encourage you, I implore you this morning, take ownership of your own spiritual growth. Where are you today? It's going to have to become a priority to you. Everybody in this room lives life by priorities. Our priorities dictate our schedule. Our priorities dictate our agenda. Our priorities dictate our time and what we do with our time. Our priorities set for us what we think is important. How important is your own spiritual growth? How important is it for you to be in God's house? How important is it for you I I, I said to be in God's house when the doors are open and when church is going on. Or is it just a habit? You see, there's a difference in something being a habit and something being a priority. I think a lot of times as parents, if our children are part of a sports team, we make sure that they're in attendance at practices and things like that, right? Well, son, I'm sorry, you can't do that because you have practice. Man, your mama and I, we paid money and, and we bought equipment and all that for you to be on this team and your team is practicing. And so I want you, since you're a part of this team, we're going to make sure you're there. And so, no, you can't go to Johnny's. You can't go to Chuck E. Cheese. You can't go to whatever because... You've got practice. You're not going to miss practice. I'm going to be honest with you, gang. I wish that all of us in our church family would have that same attitude as it relates to attendance in the house of the Lord. Seriously. I'm not, listen. I think we all struggle with that. We wouldn't dare, we wouldn't dare think if there was something important going on in our child's school. We wouldn't dare think of not being there. No, 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 no. So this is important. School's important. This is important. And it is. I'm not going to miss that. You're not going to miss that. This is important. This has to do with your school, your class, your academics. And it is important. And yet I am oftentimes bewildered at how those of us that are good Christians treat church as optional so often. One writer said that I have a lot of respect and confidence, respect for and confidence in, said that parents, don't be surprised that when you treat church as optional, your children one day will treat church as unnecessary. Where are you today? On your spiritual journey. It's personal. But number two, spiritual growth is progressive. 
that means progress is to be made. From one stage to the other. From one period of growth to the other. And that tells me this. That stagnation in your spiritual growth is contrary to God's plan. He doesn't just want us to grow and to stop growing. You've seen this. I've watched this as well. That individuals sometimes, man, they have a great First six months or six years or ten years or twenty-five years, and they grow, 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 and then they stop and they and they don't grow past a certain point and they become stagnant. Well, friend, if I understand the word grow here in the text, I mean I'm I'm talking about the text here. That our growth is to be perpetual. Progressive. Oh, friend, listen carefully. Please, please strive. In the power of the Holy Spirit, that as long as you're living, as long as you're breathing, you're going to be growing as a Christian. Can I get an amen on that? You're not going to let stage or age or a season of life keep you from growing and cause you to be stagnated in your spiritual journey. Oh, friend, I pray every day, God, help me to stay fresh in my Christian walk. Teach me fresh, fresh things. Things that I've not seen before. Maybe I've seen before. But revive me again. Cause me to be impressed again, Lord Jesus. Cause me to be overwhelmed again with your glory and greatness. And cause me to stand again and marvel at all that you are in my life. Teach me truth. Help me to apply it today. Help me to become better. It's progressive. Truth number three, spiritual growth is not only personal, it's not only progressive. Spiritual growth is prescribed. Notice notice the words here he uses in verse 18. He talks about growing in the grace of Jesus. In other words, growing as a person of grace. We can apply that so many ways. Some say that it relates to even how we treat other people, personal kindnesses and things like that, or growing in our knowledge of the grace of the Lord, our kindness and the love of Christ, the grace of Christ, the kindness of Christ, the mercy of Christ. And then he mentions growing in the knowledge of Jesus. God has given us all the necessary resources we need to grow. He has. It's interesting what he says in 1 Peter 2, too. The same human author... That God used. Listen to what he said. In, in, in chapter 1 verse 2. He says grace and peace be multiplied unto you. Through the knowledge of God and our Lord Jesus Christ. So he says that knowledge of God and growth. Comes through knowing the Lord Jesus. First Peter chapter 2 verse 2. Is a very interesting verse. As newborn babies desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. The word desire is a word it literally means to intensely crave. <laughs> Babies crave milk. I mean intensely crave milk. They have to have it. And he says just as a newborn baby craves milk. That's how we as Christians ought to crave this book. The word of God. You're like, preacher, I've heard that before. I know you have. 
question. <laughs> How much taking in are we doing? But see, it's not just about taking in. Listen carefully. How do you grow as it relates to the word? Well, we grow by taking in and feasting on the word. We grow by thinking and meditating on the word. We grow by praying through the word. We grow by applying the word personally. And then we grow by living it out in, through the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Are you listening? Did you catch those five key words? Here they are again. Feasting on the word. Feasting. That's reading. That's listening. That's studying. That's our private time. That's church. That's whatever, whatever. Taking it, feasting on the word. It's number one. How are you doing? How'd you do this week? How have you done since January 1st? <laughs> that feasting on the word. We have feasted on Netflix. We feasted on Amazon Prime. We feasted on social media. We feasted on athletics. We feasted on work. But have we feasted on the word? Are you with me? Say amen. So we feast on it, but wait. There's a second word. Thinking. Thinking on the word. The Bible word is meditation. How much thinking and meditating has taken place? We feast on it. We think on it. Watch this. Then the third word. We pray through it. You see, after I take it in and after I think on it, then I go before the Lord and I begin to pray the word. And I begin to pray through the word. And I begin to pray about the word. And as I'm praying about what he's just shown me, there's something supernatural that's taking place inside of me. And oh, isn't it true? Somebody said the Bible is the only book that while you're reading it, it's reading you. And I'm praying through it. Feasting, thinking, praying. And then the next word, the fourth one, apply. I'm applying it to myself. Lord, what I just read, what I've meditated upon, what you've shown me in prayer... <laughs> Ouch. Amen or oh me. Here's where I can take what I've just read today or heard today and I'm going to live it out. I'm going to apply it to myself. We feast. We meditate. We pray. We apply. Then the fifth word. We live it out. Whatever, whatever it was that he gave us, showed us, we prayed through, we applied to us. Now we're going to, through his power, we're going to live it out.
That's the stages of growth. That's the key to growth. And I pray we'll all do that. Are you committed to that daily, consistently in your life? Then I close with this. Spiritual growth is preventative. It's preventative. Now go back to verse 17 if you're with me. If you're still with me today, say amen. Verse 17. You. (laughs) Hey, you, ye, you, all of you, all of me. You, therefore, beloved people. You know these things, he said, so because of that. Beware. Strong word. It's a word that's supposed to wake us up. It's a word that's supposed to cause us to be on guard and alert. Beware. Now notice the words that he uses. Lest you being led away. Error of the wicked. Fall. Sounds like he's talking about spiritual struggle and spiritual falling and failing and backsliding. We would use that word. Sliding back on the Lord. And then he says, fall from your own steadfastness. That word steadfastness is a very interesting word. It literally means a place of safety, a safe position, a firm position. The idea is that you've got your feet planted. I love football. I have to throw this in. Hallelujah, I watched my Cowboys win their playoff game last night. Amen. In football, you know, especially as a lineman, buddy boy, if you don't get your feet planted just right, you're going to be knocked down. What Peter's saying, hey, you got to get your feet planted right. It's actually a word that refers to combat and just getting set. A wrestling match. Wrestling, right? Got to get your feet right. Get stable, he says. It's the idea of freedom from wavering. (laughs) There's no indecision. (laughs) It's interesting that the word steadfastness there is from the root word which refers to the pole of a two-wheeled chariot. (laughs) That pole was that which keeps the chariot balanced and stable and in the right position. Balanced. Stable, firm. That's the goal God has for every single Christian. And yet you and I both know, just as he mentions right here, that there are elements in life that our adversary brings along and our own flesh brings it up too that want to knock us off course and get us out of balance. It happens so subtly, doesn't it? So quickly. And God says, I want want you to be on guard against that. So then he uses the word, the conjunction, but. To tie these two verses together. But also to give the two concepts and to contrast the two. He says, now look, be careful, be careful, be careful that you don't get unstable. That you don't get knocked off course. That you don't get out of balance. But he says, I'm going to tell you how you can guard against that. You ready? Grow. 
You see, when you're growing, when you're growing, do you know that spiritual growth is the surest safeguard against spiritual failure? Oh, preacher, oh, Christian, I I don't want to fail. I don't want to fail. I don't want to slide back. I don't want to mess up. I don't want to get out of balance. Man, I don't either, and I know you don't. You know the surest way for us not to slide back and not to get off course and not to get fouled up? He says, verse 18, but grow. Are you with me this morning? But grow. Take steps that you can take in your own spiritual journey. Take ownership of it. Make it yours. So I'm going to ask you this morning as we close. Whoever's playing, let's get ready. I'm going to ask you as we close this morning, look right here. Would you pray this prayer? Lord, here's the prayer, listen. Lord, I am right now today, right now, watch me. I'm right now today committing myself to spiritual growth by your power and grace. I am committing myself right now, today, to spiritual growth by your power and your grace. 